Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking about getting a Rocky Mountain High in Crested Butte. As we've mentioned many times before, we love finding new places to discover and explore. And earlier this year, we actually found such a place, and now it's become one of our favorite destinations. Crested Butte, which is about a two-hour plane ride from Denver, is one of the last great ski towns and probably will surprise you how incredibly cool this part of Colorado is. So earlier in March, uh, I actually got on a press trip to Crested Butte. They invited me out. Uh, There's a ton of snow there. I did a snowboarding lesson, uh, which pretty much kicked my butt and and, uh, and the altitude, which is really high there. It's almost 10,000 feet kind of kicked my butt too, but it was awesome. It was, it was snowing many of the days I was there and, uh, and loved it so much. And they kept talking about, uh, well, you need to come back in summer. It's so great. It's so great in summer. And so they invited both of us, uh, Sean and I back in uh, June. So we both went, so we've been to Crested Butte. I've been to Crested Butte twice this year and you loved it too, right? 
Yeah, it's um, it's a really cool town. Um, I have not explored very much in Colorado, and um, you know what I know of Colorado ski towns, it's that they're very stuffy and expensive, and Crested Butte is sort of anti all of that. Um, it's it's funky. There's funky restaurants. Um, a lot of young people, a lot of millennials hanging out there, um, and it's actually super affordable. Shockingly. And it's really not that far from kind of the, I won't mention them, but the, the uh, you know, stuffy, more expensive places in Colorado that you may be thinking of. So, I, I mean, I had never heard of Crested Butte before, but um, I think it's definitely a cool place to to check out because it's still, I think, a town that's that's developing and there's, there's still things kind of blossoming up in Crested Butte. And so it's definitely worth, you know, going there, whether you like the summer and you like to hike and you like to fish or, you know, whether you like the winter and you like ski and things like that. Um, I think it's definitely, you know, a place to put on your, on your travel list for 2017. Yeah. And it's one of those places too, that has a free bus ride all throughout town. So if you stay in the resorts and we mentioned this in, in our, in our upcoming interviews uh, here, but uh, if you, you stay in the resorts or stay in town where they have hotels in both areas. Uh, they have these great free buses that take you all around the city. So even if you don't rent a car, you could really get around real easy, real easily. And depending on what time of year, the, the, their buses are open really late, I think during the winter and, and, and pretty late during the summer and stuff. So, uh, it's, it's definitely one of those, you know, places like, Oh, okay, cool. I can get there. Um, they also now have direct flights from a lot of different big cities, such as Chicago, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, and LA, uh, which they trialed last year. Alaskan Airlines, United, and American all fly in different one one of those hubs. So those are pretty big cities too to fly directly into Gunnison, their their airport, as well as Denver has a of course has a direct flight there too. One of the things that we loved was the food scene. You you won't believe how eclectic and how uh, different it is. They have like a few different amazing pizza places. They have a few different Asian places. Uh, of course, Steakhouse. Um, uh, they have a really uh, a couple other really great cafes that serve nothing but farm-to-table kind of stuff like that. Um, they even have an, a Nepal restaurant, which is which is really interesting, uh, Nepalese restaurant. Uh, so I think it's just a really uh, eclectic and, and, and interesting uh, town. Uh, and probably one of the best things that we loved was the people there. Yeah, the people were, you know, super inviting um, and, you know, very friendly to, to talk to, ask directions or anything like that. Um, we we actually took a fly fishing lesson, which I never thought I would ever um, do fly fishing, let alone enjoy fly fishing. And I'm not going to brag, but I was a little bit of a natural. Yeah, she, she was way better than me. Um, I don't know what it was. Um, I used to be a semi-pro tennis player, so I think there's something in the hand motion that um, was just kind of easy for me. But I, I love fly fishing. You could have left me out there for hours and hours and hours. In fact, I think it needs to be my new stress release hobby because um, it was just so much fun. But but our our guide who who you know taught us how to fly fish was so great and um, you know taught us so much about you know Crest Butte and why he loves being there and. We just really found everybody to be, you know, so genuine, whether they live there all year round or whether they were just, you know, kind of transplant there for for the season. Yeah. And one of the things I experienced when I was there, um, they have this thing called the Grand Traverse Race. And if you guys are big ski buffs, uh, you probably know about it. I'm not. So I, I had no idea about this thing. 
but it was literally one of the craziest things it, uh, that I've ever seen. It's it's a it's a race from Crested Butte to uh, to Aspen uh, in the middle of the night. They start at midnight. They have all these fireworks and a band and all this kind of you know hoopla as as they start at midnight. Uh, so I went down to the to the race course and and checked it out, and it was really cool. And that night they actually had to uh, traverse the because they had a, that a bunch of weather, so they couldn't finish the whole course. Uh, but is a really great race, and so we're actually going to talk with uh, Drew Halbach, and he is from he's the director of marketing of the Norick Ski Center, which uh, sponsors the race and puts on the race and and whatnot. And they have a bunch of other races that he, he will mention as well. Um, so enjoy our conversation with uh, local and born and raised in Crested Butte, Drew, Drew Halbach. For those that don't know Crested Butte. Um, uh, they, they have a lot of big black diamond runs. Tell us about that and why that's unique um, to, to Colorado and that area and stuff. Yeah, um, you're going to have to fact check me on this. Okay, but, that's, that's fine. Um, I, I believe uh, Crest Butte Mountain Resort has the most inbounds extreme terrain of any resort in America. So that certainly makes it unique. Right, right, right. Why, why, is, it, why is it such a great place to, to go skiing and, and snowboarding and stuff? You know, it's just, it's a lot different than uh, the other resorts in Colorado, um, than the typical resorts um, like Breckenridge and Vail and Aspen. Um, for one thing, it's just off the beaten path. Um, it takes a little more effort to get here, so you're not facing uh, the crowds like you are at, at those resorts. Um, but also the the terrain is, you know, it's really extreme. It's um, We've got our fair share of blues and blacks and bunny slopes, but really, you know, the person who would enjoy Crested Butte to the maximum would be somebody who's really looking to, um, ski some, some extreme terrain. Are you actually from Crested Butte or around the area and stuff? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Crested Butte. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, so, uh, I was in town last year during, uh, which was one of the craziest races I've ever seen the Grand Traverse, um, that you work with. Uh, tell, yeah. tell us about that grueling race and, and where does it go and, and who's involved in that? Sure. Um, the Grand Traverse is, it's just a classic Crested Butte event. Um, it's in its 20th year this year and it's a backcountry ski race that starts at midnight on Mount Crested Butte and goes all the way to Aspen. It's a 40-mile course and has something close to 8,000 feet of uh, elevation gain over the course. Um, racers, you know, start in the dark with their headlamps. Um, there are about 500 people who do it at this point. And often in freezing temperatures, pretty extreme conditions, um, it's just uh, a crazy event. And lots of costumes too, right? Um, you know, for the Grand Traverse, no. Oh, okay, okay. Um, that's actually another event we put okay, on, gotcha. which is the, the Alley Loop, which is a cross-country ski race that goes 
the town fills the streets and alleys with snow and uh, people come out and part of the part of the course is in the streets and alleys of Crested Butte um, and people come out in costumes for that race. Gotcha. So who is, so who's doing the, the Grand Traverse? Uh, is it mainly locals or do people fly in to, to do the that race as well? Yeah. Um, so it's the majority of people who do the Grand Traverse are actually from Colorado. Um, there are a lot of locals that do it. Um, and there are a lot of locals that have done it multiple times. There are some locals that have literally done every single Grand Traverse. Um, so it kind of has this addictive quality to it where once you do it, you just can't get enough as strange as that sounds for that type of race. Um, but then we also will have, um, you know, some international competitors here and there and people flying in from different parts of the country. Um, it has this sort of bucket list appeal where, um, most people in the ski world, especially the backcountry ski world and the ski mountaineering world know what the Grand Traverse is. And it's just iconic and people, a lot of people want to check it off their list of things that they've done. Right, right. Do you actually have to qualify to, to get in the race or can anybody just do it? Anyone can do it. Um, yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, we had our registration this morning it opened at midnight and as of 7 30 a.m there were 10 spots left so i think it probably sold out you know by about 8 a.m or so so anyone can do it but they need to get up and and register in the middle of the night or early in the morning so you have, you have 500 people total doing it Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Two hundred and fifty teams. Why do you max it out at, at five hundred? Because just because of the course and everything. Yeah, um, it has to do with um, Forest Service mm-hmm. permitting. Um, we have to have permits from them, and they allow us a certain number of people out there. Um, years ago, you know, I think there were only maybe a couple hundred people who did the Grand Traverse, and we've gone bumping up the number over the years um, with the forest service, but we also keep the number, um, lower and in control for safety reasons. Right. Right. Uh, well, it's also just a fun event to just come check out too. Uh, and stuff. I mean, I just, I just walked down and, and checked out the, the beginning of the race and it's just totally fun. And you guys have lots of, you know, stuff going on and everything with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good scene. You know, most of the people are just, you look at them and you can tell they are just so incredibly nervous, especially the people who've never done it before. Um, and then you've got these, these kind of crazies that have maybe done it multiple times and they know they're just going to have a good time skiing through the night and, you know, don't have as much of that nervous energy. Um, up until last year, the local community radio station had um, one of their fundraisers. It's called Soul Train. It's a, basically a big dance party. Mm-hmm. And that um, was actually at that Butte 66 venue at the base area right at the start of the Grand Traverse. So we didn't have it last year, mm-hmm. but um, for the last several years, there's basically this big disco party with everyone in their 70s disco costumes that come out onto the deck of Butte 66 and 
cheer on the start and there's disco music playing and it makes for a pretty funny scene there are actually um a handful of competitors that will go into the soul train party and dance for a little while before the start of the event you know just to calm the nerves right right yeah after going to crested butte twice this past year summer and winter you guys really love your your costumes up there <laughs> yeah there's something <laughs> something about it everyone always is looking for an excuse to put on a costume right 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 uh, i was surprised how many cool bars and places to, to grab a, a nice beverage up there what, what are some of the, your go-to places for cocktails or just hanging out um yeah so a couple of great spots in town for cocktails are the dogwood it's a cocktail cabin with really um, exotic, fancy drinks, um, really cool vibe. And also Montagna rum, they make their own rum, which is just amazing and, uh, have all kinds of rum cocktails. It's just rum specific. Those, that, that, that place is, is, is seriously good. I tried that a couple times last year. Yeah, their rum is really impressive and you can actually take, um, I didn't know this for a long time, but you can have the owner's give you a little tour of their operation and um it's pretty impressive their what they have going on everything they do to be um environmentally friendly and sustainable and ethical and um you know that seems to come out in the in the taste of the rum because the rum's so good and the way they go about making it is really quite impressive yeah yeah i checked out the the, the, they toured they toured that for me as well too yeah no they're, they're they're seriously a great place what, yeah. what what are some of your other uh, things you love to do during the winter uh, in Crested Butte? Um, let's see. Well, other than go on the resort, um, we have great backcountry skiing here. Um, we have mountains that are near Crested Butte. You either have to get to them by um, skinning on your skis, walking on your skis, quite a ways, um, or on snowmobile. And there's just really great backcountry skiing. Um, the mountains that are a little further away from town actually have a much deeper snowpack. So, um, there's tons of snow up at Irwin, which is, uh, I think it's about 10 miles west of town. Um, that, that place gets as much or more snow than anywhere else in the state. So, um, that makes for yeah really amazing snowpack and backcountry skiing um we also have um really great nordic skiing here um as i said i work for crested butte nordic we groom 50 kilometers of cross-country skiing uh, around the town of crested butte we're actually known as the nordic ski capital of colorado and um those trails are really great, really unique. Um, we have several trailheads around town, so you can literally drive to town, park your car, go to your hotel, and then you can walk to the Nordic Center, walk to restaurants, walk to the shops. You, you don't have to drive. You can catch the bus up to the mountain. Um, so that's something really unique that Crested Butte has to offer. And um, for Nordic skiing, you can just walk to a trailhead around town in several different places and, and start skiing out into the backcountry around Crested Butte. So it's really world-class and really special. 
Right, and that and that's a lot more than just just the resort skiing and stuff. Right, yeah. So so that that I was mentioning the backcountry skiing and the and the Nordic skiing that's um, completely uh, separate from from the resort. And more and more, it seems like people are coming here because of the resort, um, because it's a you know a world class ski resort, but then they're also looking for those other activities to do while they're in town, whether it's fat biking, Nordic skiing, backcountry skiing. Yeah. And you got, you guys have snow now, right? We do. Yeah. We had a bit of a, a late, um, snow year so far. We were pretty dry, um, for most of November. And then, um, actually right before Thanksgiving, it started snowing. So it was perfect. Um, the resort up on the mountain definitely, uh, was thankful to have that little bit of extra snow. They were making snow for the run they had open on Thanksgiving day. And then we actually have a, um, cross country skiing camp, Crested Butte Nordic does over Thanksgiving, um, where we have instructors that teach clinics and in a race and just, um, trails for people to get on snow because we often have some of the earliest snow um earliest nordic skiing in the country and we were um we've been having this camp for 16 years every year we've been on snow and this year it was looking each day like it might be the first year that we weren't on on snow and then sure enough you know just a couple days before thanksgiving it started snowing and over the weekend um yeah we got a couple feet of snow and in the back country they got several feet of snow what other kind of events do you guys have besides just the grand traverse uh, with the nordic um yeah so our other big event um other than the grand traverse is the alley loop um it's the largest cross-country ski race in colorado last year we had uh just over 700 people signed up and it's uh, an American Berkebiner qualifier, which uh, the Berkebiner is a, a big race and the, the biggest cross-country ski race in the country that takes place in the Midwest. Um, but it's a really unique race, the Alley Loop is, because the town of Crested Butte actually kind of does the opposite of what they normally do. Normally, they'll be using their resources to clear the streets, plow the streets when it snows. When it comes to be alley loop time, they actually go get the snow, fill the streets and alleys with snow. Um, and then we groom, um, actually in the town and the race starts on main street, um, in downtown Crested Butte and goes through the streets and alleys of towns, of town before going out into the backcountry on the Nordic trails. Um, so it's a really unique course. Um, it's a really local event. A lot of people have started coming to town for the event, but the locals, you know, were the ones who started it. And of course it has the Crested Butte costume flair. Even the people that come that are racing for the cash purse, those people often have costumes on. One year we had Superman win the alley loop. And so it's just a really fun, kooky Nordic ski race in a, in a sport that can often be quite a serious deal right right and how much how much do they get for that actually how much is the purse yeah the purse yeah um yeah we have a last year was actually the first year the tourism association uh provided a five thousand dollar prize purse for the alley loop so the winner of the 
um, the premier event, which is a 42 kilometer skate race, um, gets a thousand dollars. Right. Right. Uh, so last question I had, what, what was the, or, uh, what makes Crested Butte so unique and, and stand out from other mountain towns? Um, well, you know, um, uh, we've always called Crested Butte the last great Colorado ski town. As I mentioned, it's, it's, a, it's off the beaten path. A lot of the other resorts in Colorado are really accessible from, um, Denver and Boulder. You just hop on the interstate and blast to the resort. Crested Butte, you know, it's, um, it's a four hour drive from Denver, four or five hours. So it's just, um, a little harder to get to. And it hasn't seen that level of, um, development and it hasn't blown up quite the same, um, or quite as quickly as those other resorts in Colorado. So what we have is just a a town that's, um, a little different, a little more funky, a little smaller, a little less of a a scene and um yeah that's what really makes it unique so next we spoke with eliza cress who is actually a transplant and been there about three years in crested butte about three years loves it she is the executive director for the chamber of commerce for crested butte and so she gives the, the perspective of of you know people coming there and just enjoyed it so much loved it and said you know what I want to make this home and I think it's one of those places that if you go and visit you you'd really feel at home going oh, I want to stay here now this is really a great and inviting place so enjoy our conversation with Eliza. So we are located on the western slope. We're um, about 30 miles from Gunnison, which is like kind of the biggest uh, established city near us, if you want to call it a city. Um, We're right at the end of Route 135, and as the crow flies, about 25 miles from Aspen. Um, It's a much longer drive than that, obviously, because we're in the Rockies. Um, But we're a really phenomenal location simply because we are so hard to get to. We're like right at the top or um, the northernmost part of the Gunnison Valley. So we sit right at the foothills of um, of the Rockies on the western slope, which is wonderful. And it basically uh, keeps it uh, so that there's not a whole lot of through traffic. You know, people who come to Crested Butte have sought us out. Um, and so uh, it basically fosters a very unique kind of um, character, I would say. <laughs> what, what kind of character is that exactly? Um, (laughs) well, one of the first things that I noticed and appreciated when I first moved to town is, you know, I rolled into town and there was a cow bus, um, one of the free buses that runs through town painted like a cow with a tail on the back of it. And I was like, you know what, this place seems a little bit unique and interesting and different. Um, the locals have a lot of, um, a lot of character and there are so many folks here who are just really unique personalities. And because the town is so small, you really get to appreciate those kind of um, subtleties about it. It's a, it's definitely a, a unique place. Yeah. When you guys have events, you really love dressing up in costume too. Yeah, absolutely. Any reason to put on a costume and be in uh, a different character than your t- your typical self, um, people are all over. It's uh, it's definitely something that people take to uh, take to heart and take very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's also too what you mentioned uh, before, and I and I spoke with Drew recently too that 
the but the free bus that goes back and forth uh, is one of the coolest things for anybody that if you fly in there you don't need a car really if you're in town and stuff like that that's that's great <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's uh, actually the reason that I was able to live here for the um, time that I did prior to having a car. You know, it's uh, your your access to everything is is super easy and convenient, and that's just one of the things that um, the community really values and um, places a lot of emphasis on. It, it allows you know the kids and the youth who live here as well to have um, a tremendous amount of independence that I don't think. Um, kids have in many other places in the country at this point. Right, right. So how long have you been in Crested Butte? And and tell me about a little bit about your job there. Yeah, absolutely. So I just came up on three years here in Crested Butte uh, as of October. Um, it was one of those places where I arrived and have never looked back. Um, and I started working at the chamber about two years ago in November. Um, I was brought on originally as an events coordinator. Um, essentially, I put on eight annual events a year. Uh, that's two um, bike races, uh, two tasting events, um, a couple holiday celebrations, and uh uh, basically events that benefit our membership and serve as um, networking opportunities, um, which has really been super awesome. It's kept me very busy and has definitely integrated me into the community in a way that I um, I don't think I first saw it doing, um, quite to the extent that it now does. Um, and <clears throat> back in the spring, right before the kind of chaos of the summer that happens here just because it's such a beautiful place and so many people want to come and hang out. Um, I stepped in as the executive director. So that's been a really amazing um, opportunity, really great learning experience. Um, and I'm enjoying it. I, uh, I, it's been a steep learning curve, but um, it's, it's been awesome. And I'm really, I'm really grateful to be in the position that I'm in here. Um. So I was there uh, in winter and then I can't, and people kept saying, well, you got to come back in summer. Summer's like the, one of the best times to, yeah, to, to be there. And, and, and we did and stuff. Uh, is there a better season to come and what's there to do like in both seasons? Sure. So the winter is absolutely amazing. You know, we are a ski resort town. Um, and like we said, the, the bus makes getting your access to the mountain really um, incredibly convenient. Uh, there's also um, an incredible Nordic Center, which you know from speaking with Drew Holbrook. Um, and also fat biking is on the rise here. Um, this winter, we're going to have <clears throat> a bunch of drainages outside of town um, that will actually be grooming for greater access for all recre recreationalists that are not motorized. Um, so that's super exciting. Um, <clears throat> but it is cold here, so <laughs> your ability to uh, get out into the backcountry definitely um, hinges upon your avalanche awareness and uh, and how burly you are and whether or not you're willing to sleep in a hut or in the snow. Um, however, in the summertime, there are so, 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 so many options, and the ability and the ease in which you can stay here um, is significantly um easier. Uh, obviously, there's a, a cr tremendous amount of incredible camping uh, surrounding our community. Um, and you can do anything from mountain bike to 
um, <laughs> to fly fishing, to rafting, to, um, it, it's honestly endless in the summer. It's just such an incredible, incredible place. And, um, unlike most of the spot, most places in this country in the summertime, you know, we've never broken 90 degrees, um, and we are in a super dry climate. So, um, we definitely have people from all over the nation, um, coming here to kind of escape, um, the humid, uh, temperature, humid and hot temperatures of, you know, the other, other parts of the country. So, um, it's a super busy time of year here. Um, and it, it has a, a very festive feel to it. Um, from, from basically, I would say like the end of mid to end of June to probably right around the end, um, or early, um, September, October. Right. And you guys have like just tons of events going on all the time too. Yeah, it's incredible. We have an, an, a tremendous number of nonprofits in um, the Valley and also, um, you know, uh, a lot of really wonderful festivals. We have a music festival, we have an arts festival, we have a film festival, we have bike festivals. Um, it, it's pretty, it's never ending. Um, so there's really never a dull moment here. And we definitely maximize on um, the three months of summer that we have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love uh, when I stayed there during winter uh, that all the hotels were basically right by the, the, the slopes of the mountain and stuff like that. Um, yeah, absolutely. What are some of the cool places uh, there that, that people could stay uh, in Crested Butte? Yeah, so um, it's pretty. It's a pretty awesome split. So we have some really wonderful hotels up in Mount Crested Butte. We've got the Grand Lodge, LMS, um, <clears throat> Elevation. Um, you know your typical uh, ski hotel with all of the amenities. Um, but there are also a lot of really amazing options in town. A lot more bed and breakfast. Um, type places, um, for, um, travelers who are on a budget. Old Town Hall is amazing. They provide free breakfast and a really wonderful place to lay your head. Um, and then there are some, definitely some, um, much nicer options, uh, fancier options, um, where uh, like the Ruby or Purple Mountain Inn or Elk Mountain Lodge, and they all have, um, they're all basically in, homes that have been converted into bed and breakfasts. So they have a lot of character and they're owned by, um, local folks, which is really, um, wonderful. Um, so you kind of get a great feel for, you know, who the members of the community are and why people have decided to set up their lives here, despite being <laughs> super far removed from so much. Um, so there's definitely uh, some cool local flair associated with a lot of the places that you can stay in town. Right, and I think I think there's also like a lot of local flair too. One of the things that I saw that I absolutely love with the the diverse uh, restaurant scene that you guys have. I mean, there are yeah. there are really a lot of really great restaurants for a small little ski town like that. Uh, what are some of your go to places that you love? Absolutely, I am a huge fan of the Ginger Cafe. Um, their chicken korma is one of my absolute favorites. Um, you can always get a really good meal at the Sunflower. They do a lot of really excellent farm-to-table stuff. Actually, right now um, they are in the off-season doing a strictly ramen menu. Um, so everything is uh, really <clears throat> affordable. Um, and they have a wonderful atmosphere and it basically caters to the locals, which is kind of a nice thing, um, to have in the off season instead of closing entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, other, 
uh, great places to eat. Um, quintessential. Everybody loves the stash. You can get some of the most, um, the secret stash, pizza, I'd the, say. The pizza place, um, yeah. It is the, uh, the pizza place in town yeah. that is kind of um, blown up over the past few years and has some of the craziest um, combinations of <laughs> of pizza toppings that I've, I've ever come across. So people are always super excited to get in there. They have a very um, distinct environment there that people really enjoy. Um, you honestly cannot go wrong. All of the restaurants in town are really delicious and people really value, um, good food here, which is awesome because, um, you know, we're all super active people and it's nice that people just take their health seriously. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, so since you're a trans or a transplanted local, sure now, am. uh, what, what was one of the things that surprised you about Crested Butte and how you ended up there? Um, I, I think one of the things that I fell in love with right away, um, and definitely was something that I, um, was so apparent to me being from new England was how kind and friendly people are. You know, it would be odd for you to pass someone on the street and for them not to make eye contact and at least wave or nod or smile, acknowledge your existence. <laughs> um, growing up where I did, you know, people are very, uh, very, uh, they're on a mission. And here, you know, you really can't expect to walk up Elk Avenue and go to the post office and be back in the office in five minutes because, you know, inevitably you're going to bump into at least two or three people that you're going to stop and chat with. Um, and that's kind of that's a really wonderful thing. Um, it, it fosters an incredible sense of community and um, it kind of uh, it embraces you. And it's something that you um, that I, I, people here really value. Well, I think people too. That it seems like they embrace to the tourism too. That there's coming into town too. It's not just you know stub your you know your nose at at the tourists that are coming in as well. I think people are really embracing with uh, people that are coming yeah. to town. Absolutely. I mean, we're a tourism-based economy, so we're always excited when we have people here. Naturally, um, we're appreciative of those who um, are here for the same reasons that we enjoy it and um, have, you know, some backcountry etiquette and um, can respect this place that we've that we call home and that we love and. Um, we're really excited to share it with people who are equally excited about um, being in a beautiful place and getting out and um, doing whatever it is that makes you excited to be in a beautiful natural area. Right, right. And one of the things I like, too, too that really intrigued me last year when I went, uh, that there's now a direct flight from L.A. and I think a few other cities, too, they have a direct flight, too. So it, Yeah, it, right it, now it's, I think it, yeah. we got L.A. and Chicago and yeah. Houston and Dallas. I think so, I think so yeah. Uh, so at least that, that makes it easier to, to get there too. Yeah, absolutely. It's, we're not close to Denver. That's for sure. <laughs> You're right. Right. Well, but at least, at least even if you have to fly through Denver, it's not, it's not too bad to. No, 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 no. The Denver airport is great. I have yeah. nothing but good things to say about it. <laughs> yeah, as, lo- as long as they don't have a blizzard like they did last year. Sure. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Crested Butte is this idyllic location, whether you're going there in the winter to enjoy all the skiing and all the snow and all the fun associated with that or you're there in the uh, summertime to enjoy nature and to relax and to do some, you know, outdoorsy activities. I really think Crested Butte should be on your travel to list for 2017. There's just so much to do. The people are amazing. The food is spectacular. That is definitely something I did not anticipate. And if you're there in the summer, you definitely have to check out fly fishing. Like I said, it is my new favorite hobby. I never imagined I would be a fly fisherwoman, Uh, but it is definitely so much fun to try something unique that I would never have the opportunity to try in a big city like Los Angeles. So 
check out Crested Butte, check out our show notes. We've got links to a lot of the places that are mentioned and put Crested Butte on the top of your travel to list in 2017. 